This episode was helped brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. They're a brewery out there in Eastern Iowa. So if you're in the area, make sure to stop by Kelowna and check out their brewery. Great food at the restaurant there, great beer, obviously. If you're in the Midwest, check out any Hy-Vee's. I believe they carry the six packs and they have different types of flavors. So you guys are gonna wanna, you know, definitely try that out. And I think throughout this whole process, Fishing Kid and myself for Beer Fish Fanatics, we're gonna be doing some giveaways here and there. If you guys can go ahead and tag us here and there with your Kelowna beer. So other than that, enjoy the episode guys. Bring it to you. I'm used to having a headset. That's there why. we go. I can hear you. Nice, right. nice, beautiful voice, man. Sure. By the way, guys, we're recording. I mean, I just FYI. Okay. All right. I, I hope you guys don't mind. And um, if any swear words, don't worry about it because I say a lot of shit and other words. I usually beep out um, the rated R words, <laughs> so we keep it PG-13. Well, so sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I'm used to not cussing because my fishing channel. I try to keep it like PG. Yeah. So I I, I learned how. I learned to hold back, but I might drop a... Good times, though. Um, ready? Yeah. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. This is Grandy with Ma Pop Fishing. We got... Kit with the Fishing Kit YouTube channel. And today, just to kind of give everybody a little heads up, we are not in our basement, in our house. We are somewhere special, honestly. Today, we're actually on site at our sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. So we decided to, you know what, what better way than to record in the freaking brewery, right? Yeah, it's right? pretty cool. This is pretty, pretty cool. cool. So we're actually recording right now where the magic happens, they say, uh, where the beer is created and everything. And then we were just thinking, what better way to learn about beer than to have the head brewer himself? So we have Mr. Warren, and how do you say your last name? Yoder. Warren Yoder. 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 And known as W? Yes. Dub? Dub? Yeah. W W or Dub. I go by rings of association. People that don't know me call me Warren. People that know me call me W. My close friends call me Dub. My really close friends, I'm not going to tell you what they call me. because It's (laughs) it's probably not something nice. (laughs) That's okay. We'll we'll have to get offline and we we might be. Well, we'll we'll drink a couple more of these and then hopefully we can... We'll, we'll figure it out, yeah, right? but Dub is fine. There we go. Okay. Dub. All right, Dub. All right, Dub, thank you for joining us. And um, I, I, I have a lot of questions for you because I, I, I pretended to be like I know a lot about beer. Uh, I, you know, I have one of those five-gallon take-home brew kits. And, you know, I, every time we have people on our show, and, you know, I act like I'm the, the, the know-it-all beer. I, I really don't, but I just talk like I do. So you're, you're, you're going to fact-check me a lot today. Cool? Well, that's, yeah, it's fine, but that's where we all start. I mean, any any... Any brewer always started from the home brewing, and for me, it was on top of the kitchen stove, you know, with a, with a kit ordered through the mail and five gallons, and and uh, share it with the friends. And <laughs> there we go. Hopefully, they stay friends after that first or second batch. So <laughs> I would I would imagine they're still friends. True friends would be yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't be beer fish fanatics if we didn't have some beer to drink, guys. So we're gonna start. Hopefully, you can help me. I, I they brought this to us, and yeah. this is like a little bit of heaven for me. Like, I mean, part of the pun of Hemley beers brewed, you know, for mortals. Um, I am like super excited because I, you guys all know, you guys, the listeners all know how really into craft beer and everything myself and Kid are. So we're, we're, when you see us smile cheek, you know, ear to ear is the reason why, because this is good shit, man. So <laughs> what are we drinking on this one, Dub? 
This first one is uh, coffee with coffee with Kierkegaard. It's part of our philosopher series, and uh, what it is is a cream uh, cream ale base, and then um, we will steep uh, low acidity uh, light roast coffee in for two days, and uh, it. It's a coffee that we get from a local roaster, Cafe Del Sol in Iowa City. They're arguably the longest uh, independently owned roaster in the state of Iowa. Mm. I, I won't get into that, but that's just what I read. Um, but they're super, super fantastic people there and very knowledgeable about their coffee and their roasting styles and what they have available to us. Um, since it's a light roast and a low acidity, it doesn't get in the way with the uh, with the cream ale because it's a lighter beer, lighter style, smoother finish, and the coffee will come through really nicely on the aroma, and the flavor will be nicely in balance as well. Oh, so you can we do a couple of coffee roast or coffee uh, steeped beers. Startup Stout is our fall release. Uh, it's a it's a coffee stout, and that's a medium roast, a little bit more of a robust coffee that that will have to stand out because. Uh, with the stout, there's a lot more, lot more of a body, a mo- lot more of a mouthfeel. The roast malts, the coffee really has to stand out. So that's just working with the, with, working with the roaster and seeing what coffee style will work with the style of beer. It's really cool. Okay, yeah. And usually when I, when I picture coffee and beer, I think of something dark, mm-hmm. like a stout. So well, I thought I misheard you, like coffee, yeah. and this looks like, you know, like, a, like a lager or something. Yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it it is yeah cream ale nice straw color but it's kind of fun to get the uh, get the the look and you know you smell it you smell the aroma and you it's like a fresh brewed cup of coffee and then yeah but then the 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 flavor for me I find it just a nice balance of the finish oh my god you guys gotta try this man this is it is pretty smooth. Pretty, cheers cheers. Guys. cheers um it is amazing I'm not just saying that it's actually pretty freaking good man <laughs> appreciate that yeah that's really good. So on that one, we'll, we'll just use a German-style yeast, uh, and uh, just nice and clean, uh, doesn't get in the way, and uh, yeah, falls out, falls out to the end really beautifully. If you don't mind, because our, our listeners, you know, we, we have those who just love beer. They love fishing, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot. Is there, what's the, okay, to a normal person who doesn't know how beer is created, what's, can you give step one through step 20 whatever the case may be real quick sure what is beer how is it created and i guess the biggest question that i would have or i wouldn't have but others may have is like okay what's the damn difference between a bush light and a craft beer so mm-hmm. well i mean they, they they're wanting to know how it's created and what's the difference uh, well look for me uh the largest difference between technically the largest difference between a craft brew and uh, a domestic brew like a bush light or something like that is uh sales barrels produced and then um for me craft beer what's always drawn me to craft beer the craft beer community is just the creativity and the personal relationships that uh, that are formed uh throughout the throughout the whole process the process for me is i will i will drink a beer i have styles that i like i have styles that i I, I enjoy, but the, I, we all have styles that we like more than others. Um, and within that, I'll sort of break down what I, what I like in a certain style and then try to, try to use malts that will, will, will lend to, the, to that taste quality of what, what I enjoy. Come up with a recipe, and generally, you know, you come up with, I'll come up with a base recipe to start off with, and then tweak it, you know, brew a 10 to 15-gallon batch of that, get feedback from in-house, um, find what I like, find what our guys, and, and 
guys and women that, that work here, what they like, um, what they don't necessarily like, because they're not all hits. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a learning process. It's, a, it, you know, it's re- called research and development beers for, uh, for a reason. But, you know, then we'll get the grains. We'll use the grains, and, um, and then we'll use that. We'll steep that in water, bring it in at a temperature, and try to get all the sugars out of that grain. And then bring it over to the boil kettle, boil, and then throw hops in. And hops will, they'll give you three different things for a beer. Uh, the earlier you throw hops in, will give you bitterness. And then towards the end of the boil, it'll give you aroma. I mean, sorry, uh, flavor and then aroma as well at the very end. Um, so really, all beer ear is, for the most part, is grains, uh, steeped grains from malted barleys, and then hops, water, and yeast. And those are the four those are the four main ingredients that you'll have. And then you could do different things. You could, you could add coffees. You can add you know, fruits. You can add other items. I mean, we have all of these dessert pastries that are just the creativity level that you can have in creating a beer and a beer style is just out, you know, going out of sight with, with, with some, of these, some of these Iowa beers are just fantastic to drink. And so how do you decide what style of beer you want to brew? And how do you know when it's like, all right, that's what you know that's the one it's ready after you've done your you know testing or whatever well it all starts with uh you know brewing the style and and we have we have discussions in-house and our sales sales people will be on the road and they'll they'll be forecast they'll they'll have they'll have interaction with customers uh patrons you know and, and, and they'll get feedback as to what people are looking for, what people are asking for. And then we'll also read trade magazines, talk in amongst ourselves. And we'll all have ideas as to what beers we should brew or what styles we should brew. And then with that, you know, we'll make the final decision as to what we go with. And we, we, we'll brew an, uh, an R&D style once a week. And so there's never a shortage of what we're trying. Now, sometimes, you know, within that R&D, you'll have hits and misses, um, like for the, for the block party um, hazy I, I it took me about eight to ten brews on that to actually get to the end result of what I was really happy with and what the staff here was really happy with um, but then the half of Eisen horsepower brewed it twice and it was already in large batch uh, production so it's just there it's it, you know being being familiar with the style and then also being more familiar with the malts and being in contact with the sales salespersons you know and and the trade of what they have to offer and there's they're always offering a new style of malts to utilize and so it's just it comes down to what you like starts out with the beers that i like to brew and then we'll go with that we'll expand and then what other people what what other people styles that they enjoy they'll bring in so we'll just try everything Hmm. Um, but I've also found that, you know, in, in a production brewery, it's so much different than being a home brewer where I would brew the styles I liked. Right, but, right. But I, I like brewing the styles I like, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sell. Right. So, you know, you have to take that balance. It's a little bit of a give and take. You know, I, I know what I love, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be uh, successful in the market. So, is, is there an example of something that you really like, but for some reason the market, you know, just isn't there for it? Yeah, um, there is certain brown ales will not. We we found that the I love brown ales, and if we could have three brown ales, English browns <laughs> or American brown ales on tap at all times, I would do so. But there, it just it will you know certain beers will will sell really well initially and then they're on to the next you know the customer consumer is on to the next the next style you know and it's 
one 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 question we hear a lot, and I'm I'm guessing a lot of other breweries uh, in the state hear from their patrons is, what's new? You know, what what do you what do you have that's new? What can we try? You know, we have the solid. Uh, steady stand it buys with uh, you know our cloud classic lager such a much IPA um, but then you know it's like well what more variety what do you have to offer that you're that you're trying out so there's always there's always a desire to try something that you haven't tried before and that's that's a fun thing that's a fun challenge for us to try to create that as well right I I think that's the that's what separates let's say the uh, Coors Light guys and Bud Light guys versus people that enjoy craft beer they're more open, like, you know what? I want to try something new versus the Bud Light guys. Like, oh, I only want this and this only. And, like, in quantity, they'll yeah. buy 24 packs. I mean, don't, be, don't get me wrong. I used to be that guy, like, 10, 15 years ago until I started drinking craft beer. It's like, okay, you know, there's more to beer than just down in a gallon of beer as fast Jeez. as I can. Yeah, yeah it, it, and, and I'm, not, I'm not downplaying any, any beer that you have in your hand is a good beer. I mean, that's, right, right. I'm not going to say anything bad about true. domestics. I, I mean, they have their place, and I enjoy them on occasion in certain, in certain uh, places and, and times. But, uh, you know, for, for us in Washington County, when we started the brewery here, we, we uh, the original brewer, uh, had a light lager recipe that, that he had to brew because the number one selling beer in Washington County has been will be and, and always will be bush light and that's just the way it is um and so we had a light lager because we don't sell domestics we only sell um our beers that we make here and then also we'll have some guest taps for other iowa breweries and and cideries um but our light lager Kelowna classic we we brewed that just because we had to have something um as a as a bottom rung on the ladder for somebody to try if, if they like coors light bud light you know what have you that beer that you're talking about like the Colonial Light, it's amazing. Thank the, you. The, the flavor, because uh, this, you're right. If anybody who comes here, if, if, if you are just adamant, I got to have a Bush Light or I have a Bud Light, give this a shot. I did that. I've actually given it to people who, you know, who actually love Bush Light and only Bush Light only. Mm-hmm. But I've given them, try this. You can taste the difference. Literally taste enhancement of the, the, the freshness, just the pure taste of it. And they're like, holy shit. That's really damn good. And they're like, yep, I'm going to drink more of this. Now, they understand. They can taste it like, wow, the, the, it pops in your mouth. Yeah. There's, there's a definite difference between, like, a craft-brewed light lager versus your, uh, I don't know, mass-produced light lager, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and, again, every beer has its place. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to compete with them. But, you know, it's, it, it is surprising that our best-selling beer is a light lager, but you know it. It, it speaks to the fact that craft beer can be can be enjoyed by folks that that believe. You know, will say, "I'll never drink anything other than a Coors Light or a Bud Light," and then they try that, and then all of a sudden they're trying, you know, Aloha Iowa Pineapple Belgian. And then we have one 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 guy in town. He went from he went from Budweiser, and now his favorite is Startup Stout. So you can, I mean, that's about as far from the starting end of the spectrum as what I could find. What right. do we got here now, Dub? So this is our blueberry wheat. We call it Blue Favizen. It's a blueberry Hefeweizen, so hence the name. Um, it, mm. <laughs> but it's uh, it's the one of the, one of the fun uh, things that we can do here in the brewery is that we can brew a base beer, uh, the uh, horsepower Hefeweizen, and then we can do one-offs. We could send, you know, we can ferment it and then send two barrels or 60 gallons off to one of our smaller tanks we have in the back here and add, add, add uh, 
Oregon fruit puree, uh, blueberry on this one. And it's been a wonderful beer for us in the summer. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of fruit beers. They have their place, but I'm not. But again, that goes to what my likes are. Doesn't mean that the market likes, you know, at, you know, are in line with that. So I make what I make what people enjoy and I, I enjoy doing that. But it's been a very, very good selling beer for us during the summertime. But it's just one of the one of the freedom of creativity we have is just brewing brewing a style people love that style but let's see what we can do to it let's see if we can make it a little bit more interesting a little bit more fun so working at a brewery do you guys find yourself drinking a lot more <laughs> than normal I'm just no it, that's a good question and i know that living in Kelowna, and i've lived here my whole life and i still get the jokes you know i still get ribbed um, if I'm out in the community, if I'm somewhere and it's like, oh, looks like they're selling beer here today or, you know, <laughs> it, but it's, it's, it is, it is a misconception that people have that we're drinking down here all the time. And it, it, it's, it's a false one. If I ever say anything, it is a business and we have to be, we have to be aware. It's easy to let yourself go at times, but, but that's a hard lesson to overcome. Um, we don't, we will taste every day, but that's just a small little sample. Um, just to make sure the taste qualities and, and aroma qualities are still in line. And, and there are some days at the end of the week that maybe a Friday afternoon we'll have some tastings. We'll bring in some uh, beer, our salespeople, uh, Christine, our, our marketing person, I'll bring in different, different cans or different styles that we find are selling well mm-hmm. or that we might like to share and see. And on a Friday afternoon, we'll, we'll pop open a couple of cans and, and, and have a group taste it all. But no, we're not drinking beer. <laughs> we're not having we're not crushing pints down here all day i, I, I can see people's minds thinking like shit y'all work at the brewery hell yeah we're gonna do nothing but drink guys I'm well like, it's you know <laughs> the cost of product that we have and the cost of the the machinery and then also just the safety concerns that we have it's just it wouldn't be very responsible for us and and that's that's just what our viewpoint is so well, my vision, my, my my dream of living and just do nothing but drinking just kind of went away. Well, they still got a job to do. That also makes for a really long day. Yeah, you know, you're right. Very about true. 2 o'clock, you're wanting a nap or something like that. Yeah. So Very true. Very lessons true. learned, you know. So what's what's the hardest thing about brewing beer? Like being a head brewer, what's like your biggest challenge that you face, whether that's daily or weekly or whatever? Uh, one of the, just scheduling and then also forecasting what's, what the market is going to do. Um, there, there are trade magazines that will say, well, we have a possibility that, you know, lighter beers or lower ABV beers are going to be popular this summer. And then all of a sudden, hazies are everywhere. And then New England IPAs. And then, you know, root beer beers were really popular for, you know, about 10 years back. And thankfully that died off. But um, <laughs> but it's just the forecasting as to what, what the style of, of beer is going to be that people really enjoy. We, we try... We try to concentrate on bringing a wider variety, a wide variety for, for of styles available on tap here at the restaurant. And our focus, our main focus, is is our restaurant and making sure that we make quality beer uh, for for the restaurant taps, and then also quality beer in our cans and in our kegs that go out into the market. And that's the other thing that is probably the biggest thing is just consistency and making sure that you have quality. And it's it's very repetitive, but it, it needs to be done. You know, you, you clean, you, you rinse, you sanitize, and then you, you produce, and then you just repeat. It's a, it's a, lot, of, it's a lot of marking off on, on system, you know, just making sure that you check mark every box along the way because if you send out a poor product it 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 can burn you so but but yeah it's, i would say just forecasting um 
and then also making sure consistency of product. And then also during the pandemic, you know, um, availability and of, of, of product and equipment and uh, aluminum, and then also uh, supply chain issues that, that we're having to deal. And also price, you know, trying to trying to make a profit. Yeah. yeah. So have since the I guess, I guess you say the pandemic's kind of, um, I don't know what's the word like dying down a little bit. Is, mm-hmm. So ha, ha, has there been like a turnaround since uh, like vaccines been out? You know, mandates are being lifted. Has there been like a turnaround as far as like supply and um, being able to get like I don't know, ingredients for beer or whatever? It's starting to ease up. Um, um, as far as my end, um, hops and yeast and, and grains and what I'm using for for beer making. Really, I really haven't had an issue outside maybe a couple of times um, as far as supply. It's been pretty steady and. You always want to make sure to be on a first name basis and con- be in contact with, with your distributors, um, and and just not not short yourself on ingredients that you're going to need. You know, four five months down the line. Um, but as far as the uh, packaging, that has been that has been loosening up a little bit uh, there for a while. Lid ends, aluminum lid ends for cans, and then also cans. We we use blank cans which don't have anything just a clear aluminum can mm-hmm. um, so we do wrap around labels um, but there was a there was it was getting to be pretty testy as far as finding availability um, for for that product and then but it's starting to loosen up and it's starting to ease up a little bit and then uh, in the restaurant it's it's been fantastic to see people come back and come strong it seemed like it's quickly yeah. a spring hit it, people wanted to get out and people are getting out and now that the mask mandates uh, have, been, have been lifted for us a week ago so uh, staff doesn't have to wear a mask um, vaccinations are happening and um, we've been pretty fortunate down here and i gotta um for all our listeners and, and watchers and everybody you guys have to check this uh, restaurant out. Fishing Kid and myself came up here. I actually brought my family. Um, my daughter had her birthday here. Um, the food is amazing. You guys really should come check this out. You got about 20, 20 minutes, I think, south of Iowa City, 20, 20 miles or so. I'm going to be coming back. Obviously, I'm a huge Hawkeye fan, so mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll definitely come down here. And, you know, the food is, is definitely amazing. The The pizza here is uh, pretty cool. I, I love, I, I'm a huge wood oven guys so that's what they have here so you guys definitely gotta check that out um i wanted to ask you warren because i i heard i don't know because was co2 an issue with you guys at all by chance because i know in des moines there was a few breweries down there that i spoke with and they were like "Eh, co2 was very difficult to come by you know during the pandemic it was kind of crazy but did you guys run into that at all or we did not our supplier again that goes in line with being on being in contact with your supplier we were fortunate no and i know that there was a co2 issue with with some with some in the in the business but we did not we did not have that see i know some shit about beer so (laughs) so what that was so co2 so what co2 does I, i you're going to hopefully no, no, correct me if I'm right. So CO2 helps uh, carbonate the actual beer. So it, it force feeds it in a way so it's quicker instead of natural priming. Because when I, I think I spoke in a couple episodes, like actually our earlier episodes, natural priming is when you let sugar naturally carbonate itself. Mm-hmm. But when you have CO2, it literally cuts it probably, what, two, three weeks, maybe even a month in time. Because yeah. you instantly carbonate the beer. So all you need to do is once it's carbonated, just chill it if you yep. drink it cold. Yeah. Versus right. letting it natural prime, which takes two to three weeks sometimes, right? Yeah, Something priming like sugar for a home brewery would yeah. take 
two weeks See. after bottling till yeah. till you could get full carbonation. But for us, yeah, yeah you bring it over. It's post fermentation. We we put it in the carbonation tanks at the tax termination vessels mm-hmm. and do a straight inline carbonation carbonation while it's cold. But yeah, yeah. carbonate yeah carbonation has to be cold. But See. then we'll also do carbonation. We'll also use CO two. Uh, to keep on head pressure uh, w- once our fermentation happens in the tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll use CO2 head pressure to send beers from tank to tank as well. See. So I'm a beer nerd. No oxygen. We, ha, somewhat. I know a little, yeah. a little bit. You got it. You got it. See, it was good, man. Now, we're, we're going to have to ask you about the hydrometer shit because there was a question about oh. that. And Well, I don't know okay. what that is. That's the that 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 little that we were talking Is about. Is that the alcohol thing? Yeah, it, it, much, it, oh, it, it, okay. it tells you the uh, the alcohol content at the end. Well, it predicts it, right? Is yeah. Right? It what we have is uh, when you form a recipe, uh, depending on if you want to stay within guidelines of uh, of the uh, beer recipe or, or what is um, there are guidelines that the GABF has um, within certain styles, and so. All, what a hydrometer does in, in really easy terms, it, it tell you how much available sugar is in your beer or in your wort. So you're trying to get sugars, and sugar amounts will affect your, your um, alcohol percentage. So when you, when, you send a, when you go on brew day and I'm sending wort, which is unfermented beer, into my fermentation tank, mm-hmm. I'm trying, that's when I'm steeping that grain in the water in the, in the mash tun. I'm trying to get as many sugars out of, that, out of those grain kernels that I can. Mm-hmm. And then, so that sugar is boiled and then sent to the fermentation tank. And then the hydrometer, when you fill it up, and you, you can, it'll tell you um, specific gravity. And it'll give you an idea. It'll tell you how much available sugar is there for the yeast that you pitch. OG. OG. Not, not original OG. gangster. Original yeah. gangster. <laughs> now, there are some breweries. We, we, we still do gravity points. There are some, some breweries that do bricks and, and other uh, methods of measuring that. But that yeah. will pretty much tell you your starting sugar and your ending sugar. So OG, TG. Terminal gravity as well. Cool. And, and um, yeah, we, we had a, a podcast and we saw OG. What the hell is an OG? And I actually remember that. And the wart thing. So, so people are wondering what the wart is. Um, it's, uh, it's unfermented. So when you say unfermented, it hasn't been sitting long enough to ferment. Yes. So that they call it a wart. Is that just like where all your ingredients yes. are together? You cooked it and it's sitting. It's right before you actually let it ferment. Is that like a mash? Is that another word for it, or is that a different word? No, mash is the process that you use to uh, to take the sugars from the grains. Okay. Wort, mm. wort is simply just unfermented beer. Okay. Sugar water. We're getting learnt, much. man. We're getting <laughs> yeah, learnt. <for> yeah. <laughs> and when you say OG, I'm, I'm old enough to uh, be an original gangster. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cheers to that. Just because of that, we're doing... Okay, so we got, we got the right. third beer. What is this Regulators one? Regulators up. Uh, this is uh, this is our hazy IPA uh, block party. So this is a lot of wheat, um, pilsner malts, and then it uh, is a lot of hops as well. So we'll use mosaic and sh- and uh, citra. Uh, we'll do that at our whirlpool post boil, and then I'll send send it over there, ferment it out, add mosaic and citra again during fermentation just to get some biotransformation. That helps with the juiciness, the uh, citrus flavors in that beer. And then uh, finish it up with citra mosaic again on the dry hop, and then do little one-offs on this as well, uh, utilizing some other aroma hops, Idaho 7, Strata, Galaxy at times. 
we can find it. But I I feel like I know IPAs, but at the same time, this might seem like a dumb question. But uh, so what's the difference between a hazy IPA and a regular IPA? Uh, it's well, there are so many. There are, there are a few <laughs> different. I mean, that's a loaded question. There are what are the key differences? <laughs> key differences? So such a much. So such a much would be considered like a hybrid West Coast IPA, where you have a little bit more bittering uh, mm. bitterness on the front. Uh, hazy or New England IPA will. Um, not eliminate, but it will bring back, dial back the uh, the bitterness on the front edge. It, it'll it'll mainly be it'll be bitter enough to be an IPA, but it will also have uh, a lot more of a, an aroma and flavor hops in it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Just plus its cloudiness yeah. and uh, the yeast that you use will lend okay, to yeah. that flavor. That and, makes and sense because uh, when I when I tell people if they're interested in IPAs and stuff, I always tell them. You know, start with a hazy IPA because it's, I feel like it's not as bitter, but I guess mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense now. Or well, it's, Session. I, I usually oh, tell session. session too. Like it's a little lighter. It's not as heavy in alcohol content too, I think. I don't know. You tell no, me. The one thing that I find is that it's not going, I, I don't believe it's going to go away. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be here to stay a while. Uh, but it's, it's an IPA that normally IPA drinkers if people don't like IPAs, normally they don't like the bitterness of the hops. And mm-hmm. so they don't like that. I've heard so many times, it's like, I, I'm sorry, I don't like IPAs because I just don't like the hops. And, but this style, I've found a lot of people who don't necessarily drink IPAs will drink this style and really enjoy it. See, you know, the weird thing, like, I love IPAs now. When I first started, like, drinking craft beer, like, he would just bring over random stuff. And I'm like, man, he brought those IPAs. <laughs> it, 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 I feel like I'm drinking a a, a pine yeah. tree or something. That's that's that was my uh, allegory. Hearing that progression in beer drinkers is fun. Right, I, I like hearing that. So. <laughs> so by the end of this uh, episode, guys, if I start slurring, it's okay because <laughs> my wife is gonna drive me home. I so. you, I was just gonna ask. Yeah. You have a you have a driver. Oh, go yeah. back to Des Moines. He'll just have to follow us. But I'm I'm going fishing after this. There you go. So, so speaking of fishing, I got some time to kill. Yeah. Speaking of fishing. Yes. Well, okay. I guess we might as well talk a little bit about fish. Yeah, yeah. We got to squeeze in a little bit of fish. So spring bite. Um, well, I'll ask you first, Kit. I mean, so how spring bite, man, how's it been for you? And we'll ask Warren. I mean, how, how's because we don't get a chance to fish in this area. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about the fishing, you know, here in this area, too, if you don't mind. But um, I just jumped from Kit to you, so I don't know. Just Kit, sorry. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Go first, man. Uh, this spring's been really weird. Like, our weather... I'm pretty sure, as you have seen, our weather has been really weird. It's been super windy, super dry. Like the past two months, we barely got any rain. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar to what you've been having in this area. We've been really windy, but it's been really, we've had rainfall a lot. It was super dry early and then really, really a lot of rain. It's about like every two days there's a huge storm. that comes. Yeah, this past week it's been like rain every day. Yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's It's like it's such a big contrast. So, and then... The temperatures at night uh, up until like this past week have been high 30s, 40s. And normally, I think our average temps during this time of year is mid 60s, low 70s. But it's been, I don't know, high 50s, low 60s. So the fish are like, just like, what the heck's They're going confused. on? So like normally uh, you pattern fish by seasons. Like, okay, during this time of year, the fish are going to be here. Mm-hmm. But this this year, since the weather's all crazy... Uh, like where you would normally find the fish, they're not there this this year. So it, I don't know. Everything's weird. The fish don't know what to do. Anglers don't know what to do either. So uh, try something different. 
right? I mean, yeah. honestly, like you would normally say they're going to be shallow crappies or panfish are going to be shallow right now, but you might be right. Some might be deeper. Some might be shallow. Just try something different. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you can't rely on patterns too much this year, but weather's leveling, leveling off. Uh, you know, we're getting consistent rain. Temps are up. It's like 85 degrees today, I think, is the high. Pretty close. Humidity's getting up. Yeah. So things are hopefully leveling off, and then you can kind of try to predict where the fish are going to be versus like last week. Man, I, like, I'll go out to one lake. Like, oh, the fish are super shallow. They're spawning because it's that time of year once water temps and uh, the photo period, which is the length of daytime uh, during, out, during the day is, um, well, I guess that never changes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the temps affect their spawning, spawning too. But uh, like, yeah, one lake I'll go to, the fish are like one foot of water. Next lake I go to, I can't find fish between like one foot to 20 foot. Like, yeah, they don't know what to do. It's, it varies by uh, body of water. I don't know. It's, it's been a tough year. Okay. So I'm going to try all kinds of new shit this time right now because you're right. I, I, it's one day I thought I had to figure it out, and the next day, I, or actually like three, four days in a row, skunk. Yeah. I got skunk. Yeah, so even, the, like, even the same, yeah. like a same body of water. You go there one day, the fish are shallow. Yeah. You go back the next day. All right, I'm going to slay them, yep. and they are not there. Yep. It's crazy. How, how how about you, Warren? I mean, how how's fishing here? What do you like to fish for? And, and what what has it been like this spring? The, this year is well. Once morel season, mushroom season gets over, then we can concentrate on fishing. <laughs> but when you talk about the temperatures at night, that's what morel hunters look for. But it, right, right, because the soil temps. Yeah, stuff. you want yep. the soil temperatures. You know, it's like four or five nights in a row above fifty degrees, and they're they're going to pop. But anyway, hmm. the fishing for me, my experience in this area is. Um, I, we have a pond where I live uh, just south of town. There's a pond in back, and so it's stocked with uh, bass and crappies and uh, catfish. So I'm, I'm, I, I like to fish. Um, I've really gotten back into it um, the last couple of years since, since we've gotten that. And my, you know, using dad's old Cabela, you know, rod reel and, you know, bobber and a worm. That's about how I go. And just, but what you say is the depth as, as well. Um, I started, we were fishing last night and, uh, about four or five o'clock and you know started out about 18 inches under the bobber and nothing and then lowered it lowered it to about 24 26 inches below and bam hit a four foot you know four four pound bass and a you know nice cat and you know then just you know crappies are just sort of hanging out in the bank but it's just a relaxing way to spend a day that's 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 always been my belief and you know, every once in a while we'll have some friends and we'll we'll have a fish off and then we'll go and uh, crappies and bluegills and then uh, fillet them and then bread them and and uh, and and boil them or uh, put them into oil and then just have a party. So yeah. that's always a it's always a fun fun day. Fish fry. That's yeah, my, my, that's my kids' favorite thing. It's like, I mean, I I, I wish I was a better fisherman because then mm-hmm. I could feed them consistently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feed my kids consistently. I'm, in I'm the backup. Fish. I'm he's, the he's, backup. He's always been my backup over there. So I do the best I can, and then it's just hilarious. I mean, if you get a chance to talk to my kids, they'll be like, "Yeah, Dad, you suck today." <laughs> like, yeah, thanks, honey. I brought, I brought like three fish home. They're like, they're four daughters, and they're like, "Where's Uncle Kit?" Because then they'll know to eat. So I get, where's Uncle Kit? Because they, they literally like, was Uncle Kit with you fishing? Well, next time you got to tell him to go fishing with you. So that's, <laughs> that's the, uh, I guess like you said, the, he's in my backup plan in regards to I, that. I don't always catch fish. You know, don't, you know, don't get it like twisted or anything. But I think I, I think I pull through 90% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
we're also on this episode. We're we're definitely going to get Christina on. I, I I want you guys to get a chance to to talk with her and meet with her. We're going to get to know her a little bit better. Um, and I want to know a little bit more about the city, the brewery, and everything. But we we definitely want to have Warren on here to kind of give us a little background about beer, understanding it, and everything on that. I know um, you have a wedding to go to, so we don't yeah. we don't want to hold you too long. But you know what? Thank you so much for just giving us the time and, and opportunity to to drink some beer with you. You got anything else for him, Kit? Um, I don't know. I feel like every time I talk to beer people, uh, I always want to pull people over from the mass-produced light lager stuff. So what, what, what do you have to say to those people to maybe, like, they're kind of on the fence. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe there's some, like, what, what, what would you say to your Coors Light guy to have him make that jump from Coors to Kelowna Classic? Before, before you answer, I, I, I want to say this. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry about that. But I... The biggest thing is supporting local and, you know, Fishing Kid and myself, um, this podcast and everything, we always are about supporting small businesses and local. I think that's number one to me. It's like when I tell people like, dude, it's not just because it's better beer. It's also because you're supporting a local business to me. So that that was that, that would be my biggest thing that I tell anybody who's like you're drinking Ambev. I hope it, uh, Ambev, it, people know they're not from America, by the way. They were bought out by it another company they're huge big conglomerate exactly so just to give everybody a heads up on that number and then number two like i said support local business that's that was my biggest spiel that i tell anybody like i'm not a beer snob i am a beer snob (laughs) but it's just one of those things i love supporting local breweries and that's just my thoughts but sorry to interrupt but what would you say warden in regards to to bring them over bring them over to the i wouldn't say the dark side bring them the light side yeah you should they're already in the dark side (laughs) there you go well, I won't, I won't go that far. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. But, but the one thing that I do is I, the one, I don't try to force it on anybody uh, because you're going to get a negative response on that. Just be open and just say, hey, you know, I, it's a good beer that you're drinking. It's not, it's not the wrong. But watch, it's a great beer. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. It's consistent wherever you get. There's a reason why it sells yep. so well. But the one challenge, the one thing I like to do is bring them a style and just say okay taste this compared to what you're what you're drinking right now and and, you know just the the differences the nuances uh and the differences are and then also try to bring them a style or try to find one thing i like to do is try to find them a style that they do like you know like a is it a pilsner or Mm -hmm. is it a hefeweizen or is it a honey hefeweizen um or is it a bach you know you know shiner bach is a good example that it's 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 a it's a style that is that that could be considered craft beer german bach but then it's you know mass produced in texas but you know just just trying to be just trying to be open that they not not judge them not not judge them by what they're drinking but just try to you know tell them like hey you know if you like that style maybe you like this and try to try to kill them with kindness i don't know right 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 yeah you don't want to bash them for what they drink you definitely don't want to i i never want to judge somebody on what they're drinking or what they're eating or what you know just but just say, hey, if you like that, maybe you'll like this too, and yeah, yep. Like Mama said, you 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 attract a lot more bees with sugar than salt. <laughs> I mean, I you know the cool thing is uh, we've gotten a lot of listeners uh, who've actually have opened their horizons, so that's kind of cool. I think them listening to us and watching us try these different beers, so they're actually opening to it and. Um, Keep doing it, man. Support yeah. support small businesses, and then on top of that, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's freaking better beer, guys. I'm just saying, it tastes better than that sh- stuff. That yeah, and drink. then the, the money the money stays in the community. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the you have thing. a connection with yes. somebody 
who is actually making the product that you're consuming or making the making the beer that you're drinking and it it's a sense of pride for people uh in in Kelowna that's like I don't know how many people I've ran into over the state over the seven eight years that we've been doing this it's like I never realized that Kelowna had a brewery and it's like I never realized you know it 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 brings them a reason to come down here and it's it's neat to see on the you know in the summertime and spring and fall that you know the downtown downtown of a city of Kelowna which is like 23 2500 people it's busy it's packed I mean this town is full and uh, it's neat to see license plates lining the streets, you know, that aren't Washington or Johnson or our county. So that's cool. It brings a lot of people that would never have come to Kelowna to Kelowna. And cool. that's cool. That's awesome. I get a kick out of that. <laughs> so what days, um, if you, if, I mean, you're probably brewing um, every day or whatever days you are. So when people come swing by here, what days if they get a chance, hey, I saw that guy or I listened to him on, on these, you know, the idiot fisherman BFF guys <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We just want to say hi. Thanks for the beer. Can they swing by here? Is that okay? Or Yeah. Um, cool. We're generally here in production Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. And okay. the restaurant is open Wednesday through Sunday. And I 11 to 9-ish or they have different closing hours depending on the nights of the week but Christine would be a better person to cool. talk to about that. Sounds good so other than that man uh, thank you so much for the knowledge on Absolutely. that Dub, I don't know, we'll, yeah. we'll find out his other nickname guys don't worry um, <laughs> sooner or later. We'll, I will never tell Oh dang, but we'll, you know what we'll do we'll, we'll, we'll get him out fishing one day and we'll find out. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough so thank you so much Warren uh, and then we'll, we'll get Christine here and then uh, we'll continue on Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for joining us at uh, Beerfish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Check, check. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, so I'll put on my radio voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry. Well, let me put on my radio face. Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, sh- oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're being recorded, so it's not as. I'll, it's always. Yeah, it'll, it's we'll, probably, we'll probably squeeze it in somewhere. It's not yeah, the same. Well, it's we might put in the, uh, the blooper video. I, we have a lot of blooper, or at least I have a lot of blooper stuff. That's you know cool. what's the saying? I have the, a face for radio. Wow. I have heard that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody, we're, we're back here at uh, Kelowna, Iowa, at the Kelowna Brewery Company here, and um, we are drinking such a much on this one. Just uh, This is actually one of the better IPAs that I've had in a while. I like it. I don't know, Kit. Uh, it's an IPA. I like IPAs. There you go. You'd, you'd have to be doing something terribly wrong for me to not like an IPA. But I go. like this one. Agreed. Agreed. And now we actually have Christina joining us here from uh, Kelowna Brewing. Cheers. Cheers. And I, I was going to say, you know, I was going to um, say your last name, but I was telling Kit, I'm going to butcher the shit out of it. So I'm going to let you Do go you ahead. Do you want to try it, just uh, for I, fun? I really no, don't. It's, it's Patramanis. <laughs> Patramanis. 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 Oh, not too hard. Christina Patramanis. Okay. Well, my last name has, I guess, only three. But when people look at it, they're like, what the heck? What is it? it? But it's spelled P-H-O-N-E-S-A-V-A-T-H. When people see it, they're, like, totally confused. Like, well, it's because the H's throw everybody off. Yeah. Um, There's two H's, and they're both silent. So. Yeah, in, in fourth grade, my best friend was Malapon Potasan. Oh, I'm sounds sure. like a Laos name. Yeah. Malapon? From yeah. Des Moines. Des Moines? Yeah. Holy shit, we got a small world. All right. You know her? <laughs> You're going to have to, yeah, well, okay, Malapon, you know who I am. 
you're gonna have to tell her that she's gonna have to listen to his podcast. She'd be like, "Yeah, I, I know him from knee high." Lost touch since I was fourth grade. Oh. I've lost. Touch. Oh, I'm All so right. excited. Okay, yeah, okay. This could be the contact. Really? Right. There you I'm go. so no. happy. Hey, Mel. From, uh, I've known her pretty much from knee high. Uh, yeah, crazy small world. There you go. Okay. Interesting. So, but, but anyways, we we have Christina here. Uh, she's part of um, Colon Brewing in. in I, I wanted her on here because I want you to talk a little bit more about um, Kelowna Brewing, Kelowna the city, if people are wondering, because it is a smaller city, but it, it's really cool because this is um, the first time that I actually brought my family out here, and it's really cool. It's unique. Uh, it's a small city outside of Iowa City, about uh, approximately 20, 20 minutes, 20 miles south, right? Yes, yeah. It doesn't um, take too long to get. It's southeast. Southeast. Like right. this east, yeah. Tell us. So, so Southwest. what? What is Kelowna Brewing, and what is it about the city? What, 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 what makes it unique? What is it that we're drinking that is it, it is badass to, to to everybody who tries it out? Well, okay. So, Kelowna was started in the mid 1800s, and it really became a place because it got the railroad line. Right, so it's supposed to be Richmond, but it's Kelowna. Sorry, Richmond. <laughs> and an Amish and Mennonite community developed here, so it's still a very large Amish and Mennonite community. Okay. Now, um, they're not big drinkers, really. Mm-hmm. And but we had some residents who lived in Kelowna and um, knew a lot about beer and wanted to start a business. And one of them had brewed across the country, and he was a home brewer, our founding brewer, who's named Lou Brewer. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's really go his figure, last name. right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so Lou said to his friends Ted and Becky Nagy, you know, they talked and they decided to start a brewery. Well, where do we start it? Well, we live in Kelowna. You know, I think the residents thought they maybe were a little, like, they'd lost it a little bit, you know? <laughs> but they did it. And this was um, uh, seven and a half years ago when there were only 40 breweries in the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Now you're pushing 115. Dang. So this was early on in the, in the craft brewery world. Um, so it makes Kelowna a special place because... Uh, it's not a place where you expect to have a brewery, mm-hmm. and um, but really it makes sense because it connects with the agriculture of the area. We use local honey. We use local whenever we can. Uh, we have a restaurant that is essential. I think they go together because the restaurant uses local dairy, eggs, greens, grass-fed beef. And so it's that same idea that we are hyper-local, we're engaging in the community, and we're using good things, right? That's is incredibly important to the founders and to the owners is, and to the brewers currently and the chef that it's, it's good food, it's good beer, it's as true to style as possible, and that, um, and I think that also speaks to our, I don't want to say personalities, but our um, general thought process on approaching the world. I think here we really have a family mentality, and it's more important to us to do good than it is to just be big. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I still think we've done okay because we distribute across eastern Iowa and central Iowa. So uh, That's pretty cool because um, like nowadays I feel like people... People actually care about, you know, where the food and the drinks that they consume is coming from. You know, like like maybe I don't know, 15 years ago, people didn't really care. You know, uh, I'm just drinking beer or I'm just drinking whatever food. But now, since 
uh, I guess like I guess the information age. Mm-hmm. Like people care about you know where's this beer I'm you know drinking where like where do the ingredients come from? This uh, avocado toast that I had earlier today, you know people, you know now I'm like oh oh the eggs came from here that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That sausage bacon pizza, <laughs> bad ass oh. man, and the eggs on it I'm like holy shit man. I was like oh, Kelowna <laughs> so chickens make good eggs. You know, they're <laughs> free. They're running around. They're eating grass. They're Happy ch- I mean, I assume they're happy. I haven't met the chickens personally. <laughs> Some people have here, but I, I'm guessing they're happy. Their eggs taste like they're happy. It's, it's amazing food. Um, it was really damn good. Uh, we came here, and I don't know what to expect. I know uh, I, I lived in Iowa all my life, but I haven't been in this area, so it was really cool to kind of just see. It's just a little bit different from Des Moines, you know, aspect and everything. So it was kind of cool. And then, like I said, just trying to do foods here. Um, I'm, I'm a foodie guy. I lived in California for, for many years, so um, I'm pretty picky on my food. So, like I said, you guys got to try it out. It's pretty pretty damn good. Thank you. And when you come, if you like vintage or antiques or quilting, you will be in heaven. Mm. It's it's heaven. I like vintage. I'm a vintage person. And <laughs> collectible, you know, I'm like, oh, the glass is blue with white dots. And I love that stuff. You know, I'm really into it. And um, for me, you hold on a little bit of history when you have those things. So yeah. uh, I have a lot of fun in Kelowna. Too cool. That. That's cool. Um, do you mind, like, telling us what, what do you guys have coming up? For the what's Okay, we had a pandemic. The pandemic is still, in a sense, still kind of going on. What's, I guess what's the future or what's 2021 looking like for Kelowna Brewing? What's your guys' vision? What's um, the goals? What, what are we looking to do? Where are you guys going to be, I guess, in a, say, in a sense? Um, what are you guys looking to do in 2021? Well, 2020 was an interesting year, but it was a good time to think forward. Okay. So, and it, from an events perspective, I'll start there. Um, there are a lot of musicians who did things virtually, but they really, they want to play, they want to do gigs, they want to be live. Mm-hmm. And I love live music, and I love a range of live music. Uh, you know, I like hip-hop, I like country, I like pop, I like folk, Americana, you know. So I try and bring as much of that as I can into our brewery. Okay. So we are going to get to see, again, every month, once a month, second Sunday, second Sunday music at six o'clock. We will have live music and we'll have extremely talented performers because Iowa and the Midwest is filled with good performers more than I could ever possibly book even if I booked every week. Agreed. So we'll keep doing that. Um, We have live trivia started. We just started again. It's the third Thursday of every month. So you can come and sit with your friends and drink beer and win prizes and play trivia and have that community going again which is good. And then we're going to start brewing. So we had focused on core beers mostly for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some in the marketplace that were pop-ups like Quick Wit, our Belgian Wit. Yeah, um, but we so all, saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's a good beer. Yeah. That's a good beer. People compare it to Blue Moon, but it's it's more, it, it's different from Blue Moon. It, it's, to me, it was smoother. It's smooth, yeah. I felt it was smoother, it's but smooth. are you guys bringing that, like, is it going to be continuing? It'll continue. Yeah, okay, it'll cool, come back. Cool. Yep, it's on cool, top okay. right now. It's on top. Sometimes it nice. gets canned, so it kind of depends. Like, how do we feel that day? Mm. We have the um, we get to be a how do we feel that day brewery, which is kind of special because okay. when you get really big, you can't do that. You have to plan way down mm. the line. So we like that. Um, yeah. So quick whip. 
Uh, so we had the Such Much, for sure, the classic, the Horsepower Hefeweizen, and now we get to bring back our free-range Honey Kolsch Ale. Mm. It's so beautiful. It's really light and crisp. It's brewed with honey from Ebert Honey, which is in Mount Vernon. So local bees are making it. Yeah, every, every time I to, like buy honey from the store, I always look for like local honey. It, it just tastes different. Yeah. You can, I mean, is it like cliche for me to say like, you know, you can taste the difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. No, because uh, my wife, my, he was the same way. My wife's the same way. She goes, when we buy honey, we always buy it locally. Yeah. Like we go to a farmer's market and that's where we buy our honey. And it's usually from somebody locally or in Iowa. Um, it's like you're just saying, it's just weird. It just, I don't know if it, it just tastes better. I don't know what it is. Maybe because it's not too pros. I don't know. As some people say it's good too if you have allergies. Yeah, because yes. it's, it's like the the, the local flora yes. right. is in that's, the honey. That's it. Yeah. I think that's what she said. Yep, you're right. I think you guys are. Yeah, that's probably the. Yeah, that's now that I think of it, that's probably the the biggest difference. Like you don't realize it when you're just eating like, oh, it's honey or whatever. Yeah. But then you know when you get into the nuances of it, nuances of it. I guess kind of like beer too, you know, if you're just casually drinking beer, oh, beer tastes like beer. But then once you I guess dive into it. You can start noticing the difference between beers and stuff. It's true because it's the products. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what's in there. Yeah. You know, it's that ingredient quality. You appreciate it. You appreciate it, and you learn to discern it. Even mm-hmm. the water quality. Right. Is no, a big you're deal. right. It really is. So. Yeah. So um. So how do you um tackle a new market? Let's say, I don't, I don't know what market. Uh, Kelowna Brewing like sells their cans in because I know we can find your stuff in Des Moines. Let's say, I don't know, like Western Iowa. I don't, I don't have you guys breached into that market yet. Like, how do you tackle a new market and what do you decide? Like, okay, we're gonna bring these bears to this area. What's the thought process behind that? Well, personally, I like to go into the area and hang out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was in Des Moines this weekend and just hang out and see what people are drinking what they're doing what their interests are uh, what other breweries are there and then decide how do we approach how do we approach this market so you know in southeast iowa people there's a real love of light lagers so we have this great campaign with jesse who's from southeast iowa it's called dang delicious Mm. it's on youtube it's pretty (laughs) fun and we actually recorded it at jim ray farms in Kelowna, where we get our grass-fed beef oh okay um and so really it speaks to people that love light lagers and we focus on that you know and we'll bring in other products but we want people to be happy in Des Moines, there's definitely an IPA scene. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of experimentation with ales. Uh, loggers are growing there. So there's a lot of stuff. So I think, you know, when I look at Des Moines, I think, of, you know, fun. It can be really active. Our beer is in cans, so you can put it in your backpack and you can take it hiking with you or you mm-hmm. can take it fishing with you, you know? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, when, whenever you're in the outdoors, take cans over bottles because bottles break. Because they float. Do they float? I'm well, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But take it back with you. Yeah, That's either the way, take, take it back with yeah, you. Yeah, take but it back. Ta- when you take it fishing, take it back with you guys. So we've been, I've been collecting a lot of. At cans, least with like, cans, you can, oh, you know, I stop like on them. Oh, I like if it falls oh. overboard, like your can. You know, well, that floats too, that floats right? I think it floats, right? I don't know. If Does they're it? not open, they'll float. Wait, 
Is it? Yeah. Yes. That's, that's yes. What I mean. You're right. That's, that <laughs> yes. was the joke, but it, 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 it got it, it just went yeah, completely yeah, over uh, fishing kits and my head. We are idiots. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Keep our waterways clean. We need yes. that in yeah. Iowa. That is a definitely. I live by a creek and like, yeah. man, I'm you'd be surprised, right? Stuff out of the, I know. But the stuff that you see, I'd like what the. I know. Oh, the Frogs heck. are gonna have so many heads pretty soon. We we go fishing all the time, and it it never surprises us. It's sad, but it never surprises us that that stuff. are like, what the heck? You could have just taken it. It was your stuff that you opened, and you just left it there. Yeah. Just take it with you. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, here's here's one thing I noticed about like beer cans, beer bottles, and stuff. I mean, uh, it's not gonna be like the rule generally, but whenever I see like a a box of cans of beers. It's usually never craft beer. True. Yeah, and you know, craft beer, you can get a six pack or a 12 yeah, pack. Yeah, you can. Or a you're right. pack of craft beer. And here's the thing you're going to be drinking that beer all day long. Mm-hmm. So drink the best beer. Enjoy it. Can. Is it just the body is usually a little bit better? The taste is it better? Is. It's local ingredients often. I don't know. It just like yeah. I don't. I, I don't want to sound sound like beer snobby, but uh, <laughs> I feel like um, like environmental wise, the craft craft beer drinkers are oh they they put a lot more thought into the beer that they drink because like uh, I'm part of of a whole bunch of fishing groups, and you know they'll show a picture of like trash everywhere. It's like thirty pack of Bush Light or a thirty pack of Keystone or thirty pack of whatever. But like you don't ever see like oh this guy drinking uh, <laughs> Kelowna such a much IPAs trash in the place his beers are all over the place it's very always true. these uh, you're right craft drinkers recycle damn we're it very responsible see, we're badass all right just so y'all know man I'm pretty sure there's a few craft beer drinkers that just trash the place but uh, no. they're they're not as yeah you don't see it, you don't see it as much you don't see it as much <laughs> I will tell you craft brewers are. Uh, the people who work in the craft beer industry, at least in Iowa, are obsessed with beer. We're obsessed with beer. And w- there's so many styles. Yes. So I think that sets us apart, too. You know, we don't go to work and brew the same thing every day, right? So we're always thinking about it. We're always talking about it. And people give us ideas, and then we do them, which is kind of amazing because you get to see your idea. So, so, so like, the, the market, you could say, kind of can influence what you guys make? Oh, Absolutely, directly. Directly. You know, there are two ways to go. You know, you can guide the market or the market can guide you. And I think the more that you communicate and interact, the the better beer you're going to have and the better experience Mm. individuals are going to have. And you can really do that, especially in Iowa. Right. And if you go to, we're going to have Iowa Craft Beer Festival August 7th for the Iowa Brewers Guild in Des Moines Mm -hmm. at Waterworks Park. And you can meet those brewers and meet the people at the tents and that's you know, so cool give them your ideas probably be there i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty so. sure we'll be there <laughs> i'm, I'm pretty sure we'll yeah, be can, there. can you talk about the this iowa brewers brewers guild, guild? yeah so like that's you know that's not specific to like Kelowna brewing it's just like a group of different brewers that come together am i correct in saying that it's a business guild that's been around since 2010 so we have close to 115 breweries in iowa Mm -hmm. and 107 of them are brewers guild members so um no they pay dues but then what we get to do is we get to work together to promote craft beer in iowa 
we get to work on legislation which helps craft beer in Iowa, which is huge because that's always growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Like this year, we um, are now able to, uh, we have third-party delivery, which is new. You can have a second tap room. Mm. People can order online from your brewery and then they can bring it to your door. Oh, okay. That's all new. Mm. It's been really wonderful. And then the third part is education. So we educate our brewers. We have, um, if they if they want, we have uh, uh, different events that they can come. They can learn about barrel aging from experts. They can learn about off flavors. You can learn about forecasting in the industry, um, how to market your beer, like what you're looking for in a brand, how to keep your brand consistent, like what hops are popular right now, um, yeah. all of those things, malt experts. So we're keeping Iowa beer quality very high and very consistent. And so that's what the Brewers Guild does is we decided to work together to make that happen. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. I think, yeah, like I, I saw the board, like, because you're, you're on it, right? I'm on it, yeah. I'm, yeah. Right, I'm the role of position of secretaries. That's so cool. Yeah, because you see all the different, brew, like, the breweries, like, they're all, like, on the board. It's so cool to kind of see um, you guys' minds all coming together in a way. Yeah, we have seven seven different breweries represented on the board. So Nice. And all great, all great people, so it's really exciting. Cool. Okay. Well, I guess... Um, I'm wondering, like, how does Iowa's market compare to, let's say, Missouri or Kansas, one of our surrounding states? Like, uh, I'm pretty sure some are more, I don't know, ro- I, don't, I don't know if robust is the good word, but uh, involved than others. I'm, I would imagine, like, uh, maybe Iowa has the best craft brew market compared <laughs> to our surrounding states. I don't know. Like, do you guys look at other markets with, you know, within our surrounding area? We do. We look across the country. Mm. So I can't answer the statistics for every state, but I know that we are selling about 7% of Iowa craft beer in the state. So the whole state has about 15% in craft beer sales. Out of all the beer sold, 15%. And Iowa craft beer is around 7%. Um, So you can look at that as high. Or you can look at that as low. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to figure that out. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's high for small businesses. Okay. But it's low for the goal, right? Mm. We think it's great if people there's so much good Iowa craft beer. You know, get your get your butt and then get an Iowa craft beer along with it. You know, try something else. Um, compared to other states, it depends where you are. You know, Illinois has so many craft breweries mm. that it's just going to be higher. And then someone was saying they're hyper local, like they're brewing essentially for their neighborhood. You know, so in wow. Chicago, right? It's like right, and then oh, wow. So like a block or two away, you can just right. That's crazy. Right. Think about that. Yeah. Um, but we also, I mean, we have some great big breweries here. We have Toppling Goliath. You know, we have Confluence, we have Big Grove, we have Exile. Um, I know I'm missing some, but bigger breweries, too, that are, like, really competitive, I think, with other states. Mm. And then you have places, like, in, in Oregon that have a, a huge market share of, of craft beer um, just because that has, it's already part of the culture, I think, or it has been part of the culture for a longer time. Mm-hmm. And you have the microbreweries, and then you have much larger breweries. So it really depends on the population. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain, to, I mean, really quick, um, my last, I guess you say the last question. All right, what's the difference between a microbrewery and a craft? I, I know <laughs> the difference because I'm pretty sure there's other people who are thinking this, though. But what's the difference between a microbrewery and a craft brewery? 
So a microbrewery means you're um, under a certain number of barrels. And I can't tell you that number, but it's, you know. I forgot it, too. No, yeah, you're not doing 50,000 barrels a year. Okay. Um, like we, I don't know, we're at about twelve to 1,500 barrels a year. Okay. So we could be considered a, a microbrewery. Micro yeah. And okay. then there are nanobreweries. Mm-hmm. There are breweries in the state that do one, two barrels. So those are even smaller, smaller than a microbrewery. Smaller nano. Okay, yeah. And they're selling, yeah, they're selling just in their tap room. They're probably not packaging. You know, if you want to take that out, you better get a growler or a crowler okay. because it is really, really extremely special. And the craft, there's a, a definition for independent brewery, which we are. It, it's based on the ownership. Mm. But there's n- not, to my knowledge, and I was just talking about this with the board, a definition for craft and so you will see some very large companies buy out craft companies and use that brand as craft. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, but they're technically yeah, well, okay, I see what they're, you're they can they can say it sure because I think it's the experimental qualities maybe the ingredients mm. used, okay. the process. And Dub was. W was talking about R&D, research and development, that process, mm-hmm. the offerings. Um, but that's a good point because we should all work together and mm. decide what is craft. Right, right. It'll be, be interesting. It's kind of, it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say Wild West, but it's uh, kind of unexplored territory still, like the word craft. Yeah, and we can do that together. And that's the great thing about craft is that we are making this community yeah cool so can i ask you guys a question sure all All the tables have turned okay okay (laughs) so i'm kind of new to fishing i've been listening to your podcast i've been learning about lures and all sorts of things okay um and it seems oh you have to have this for this fish and this for that fish and this for that weather if i just want to go out i just want to start is that i don't fish very much Mm -hmm. what what do i need absolutely to take with me right now at this time of year in my kit kit i'll let you answer okay well you need a rod and reel first okay any any good decent rod and reel. yeah whatever you can cast because there's uh different types of uh reels and they require you know different types of i guess input like uh spinning a spinning reel it's they call them open face reels too you flip a bale and then you kind of cast it out bait casters um, they're kind of the more advanced type of reel because uh, the spool spins freely and you need to be able to dial it. You basically need to tune in I that, um, that one. Yeah, and then there's a, there's a spin cast, which is kind of like a hybrid between those two. So whatever you're comfortable, like what, whatever type of reel you're comfortable casting with, you know, they're, I mean, there's arguments to be made, which one's best, which one's not. It's, the best reel that for you is whatever you can cast. Yeah. And then, so sp- honestly, I would say spinning if you if you're first starting, because that way you don't have to worry about backlash or anything like that. Um, we can get into that later, but but spinning reel, you you shouldn't you just open up the bale like he was saying. You hold, you just cast it and just let it go, and it'll just be fine. You just close the bale. That's it. Okay. Good. I, I, I that's mean, I feel like that's probably the yeah, easiest. Helpful, yeah. yeah. And then as far as like line goes, I would say eight pound line six six to eight pound line if you're looking you know if you're trying to piece together a kit yourself i mean you're kind of you know like you said you don't know anything about fishing if you're looking at uh piecing together your own kit i'll say grab whatever reel you're comfortable with casting and as far as rod goes i would say 
probably like a medium medium light medium light, medium light. Like, yeah well, that uh, rods are categorized into power so you got your ultralight light medium medium light there's the whole there's a whole thing but like a light for for your average iowa fish a light medium light would be pretty good and as far as line goes i'd say six to eight pounds six to eight pounds it's uh it's a happy medium between castability and being able to fight big fish because you know you're not necessarily going out to catch the biggest fish ever but if you have eight pound line you could probably handle that fish and then live bait for 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 like newer anglers is a good a good lure to use uh just like, like a little small split shot and a hook probably i don't know like a size four or six it's like uh you know it'll fit in most fish's mouth and then it's you know easier to pull out and then worms minnows worms is probably the easiest bait that you can use because they're kind of easy to keep you just throw them in the fridge don't worry about them like with minnows okay you buy minnows you try to take them home you gotta keep them cool you gotta keep them aerated so i would say worms and you'd be surprised like even even for me i just started using worms again just going back to basics and catching like some pretty big fish like four or five pound fish just on worms and then like i said with your six to eight pound line you can handle that fish just fine or you can go after your bluegills like your kids caught yeah my kids yeah. caught with my husband yeah. did, they use, did they use worms, worms or do you know what what type of bait they used or they, did they use artificial they, stuff they put a worm with an artificial lure okay they, that's that. what my son told me you can okay. you, you can Double definitely bit. do that um but that's it that's that's pretty much what you need i mean just you need a rod and reel and like he was just saying get the line the hook and Worms would probably be the best starting point. Yeah. And then you can just, like, you can catch bluegills like your kids were catching. Um, but like Fishing Kid was saying, we were catching some monsters with just the worms wow. on the bottom. Wow. We, we put a little bit of heavy weight on it, on the hook, cast it out, oh left God. it there, and then we were catching big fish. Wow. Yeah. And the general rule of thumb with rods is the longer the rod is, the easier it is to cast far. Yeah. If you're just casting, you know, like, let's say where that garage door is, you don't need an eight-foot long rod. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and don't let people get into your head about you got to get the best reel you got to get this best rod yeah. i mean at the end of the day most of these will catch a fish it doesn't you can go to walmart a, or small store whatever the case you can use what you can use a stick for yeah, a long stick with some line that'll catch your fish but that you know you just it's just like any other hobby you just go down a rabbit hole yeah with when it comes to spending stuff yeah right but get the rod get the reel get the hook and just get out honestly just get the get the bait and just get out and start fishing and then you just start learning and then talking to people like us you have questions you can ask fishing yeah, yeah generally like people that are fishing out there if you see them catching fish and you're struggling generally people are nice enough yeah. yes especially you know in iowa <laughs> iowa nice right iowa nice there you know you generally people are nice enough they'll help you out you know like hey i'm not catching anything you know what are you doing Mo most people are you know they'll help you out but like I said, just just next time we come in, um, we'll schedule it. So hopefully we can maybe we'll take your kids out. We'll it's take somewhere. Fun. It'd be yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, we'll just go out for a little bit. But that it's amazing. I I mean it, it's the greatest thing. My kids love fishing, so they you know they love being outside and just playing. So it's 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 a good thing to, to get the kids into, especially with what we have going on now. Last year, two years now, yeah. just being outside and being able to do something. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people are going to appreciate fishing a little bit more, so yeah. it's kind of cool. So survival time on the water—that's a—that's a phrase in the fishing, com yeah. 
Like that's the phrase in the fishing community that gets thrown out all the time, but it's true. Uh, the best way to learn and like I guess grow as an angler is time on the water because the more time you spend, you're not gonna go catch a fish every time you go out. But you learn, okay, every time you catch a fish, this is what I did. And then if I could repeat that, that's what you would call a pattern. And then once you once you're able to pattern a fish, okay, next time you go out, like, okay, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna use this, I'm gonna do this, and then it just it just feels good. Like okay, you go out with a plan, and then that plan goes through. Like okay, I think I got this fishing thing figured out. Doesn't always plan out, like I said, but when it does, it's like oh, something just clicks. You're like, yeah, experience. That sounds. You guys make this sound amazing. I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go, go. fishing. Do I'm gonna it put and just in go. Some time on you're, you're gonna have days where you're like, God, this sucks. You yeah. can't catch anything. I but still like, have those days. Yeah, we still have those days. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have those days all the time. But that's the thing. Like he was just saying, you're gonna learn something, and you're like, okay, well, I'm not gonna do that again, or I'm not gonna go to that spot on that day, or whatever, whatever the case may be, the weather, whatever it may be. You're like now, you're starting to learn. You're adding things together. Like, okay, I shouldn't have went to that location, maybe because they weren't there because of the wind not pushing this way or you know not pushing the bait fish over here because yeah. the wind maybe is pushing this way i should have went over here type of thing so those are the little things that you just start learning and like you're saying it's just time on the water so yeah the yeah natural sense of it yep yeah like wow. so like you know fish in general they're they'll have certain areas that they'll be at certain times of the year but generally the fish are there just because you're not catching fish doesn't mean they're not there you just got to figure out what you need to do as an angler to make them bite. Whether that's, you know, make your make your lure longer, like, you know, fish farther in the water column, as they say. Or maybe you you need a, if it's just sitting there, and maybe they don't like that. Or if you start moving your bait around, maybe that's what it is. And then if you could key in on what those little things are, that that that's what, uh, I guess, make or break your your day if you can figure out what the fish want and you give it to them don't be afraid to change and try new things that's, that, that's the thing he taught me like last couple of years like don't be afraid to try something new just because it worked you know last year right here or, that yesterday, lure, or yesterday or last week doesn't necessarily is going to work today so don't be afraid to try something switch it up it could work it could be to your benefit then then now you know something new you learn a new yeah. technique or a new lure that this is how I fish it. Kind of like, I guess, marketing beer. Like, okay. There you go. I, I brought this beer, and uh, it ain't doing so well, yeah. but this sure. other beer but I yeah, brought. Yeah, but they drank the IPAs. Yeah. I see, I noticed. There yeah, you go. it's like fish and cool. beer. Yeah. Fish and people aren't too different, I guess. In a way. No, you're right. So. Um, I didn't say that. <laughs> fish and gets at that. Yeah, I said it. I'll own it. Gets at it. Um, so i mean in closing i i you know this has been fun um we're gonna come back again we, we were just talking yes. offline we uh, fishing kid and myself we're gonna come back out here definitely for fall i, I definitely want to record again and then um definitely just come out here drink the beer and you know eat the restaurant it's if awesome. that's all right with if you that's okay with you oh please please come back <laughs> we have a lot more beers to try in awesome and mm-hmm. i mean this has been awesome it's been fun i learned a lot not just from you but learned a lot from Warren Dub W Dub Dub, Dub, Dub. Dub. We'll call him Dub. We'll call him Dub. Cool. Learned a lot from him. Um, it's, it's just been a badass time for me. I mean, I loved it. My family came here. My daughter had her birthday here, so it was kind of cool. Um, okay, you got anything else for Christina? Uh, is there anything seasonal like springtime, summertime? Is, is there anything coming up? 
Well, Blue Favaisen is out. Blue Favaisen. I didn't name that one. Yeah, the Blueberry Hefeweizen, um, the Honey Kolsch, free range. Uh, people keep asking us about Good Day Sunshine, Honey Wheat Ale. It's a favorite. It's a maybe. It's a maybe. So maybe if okay. you keep asking enough. Uh, Aloha. Mm. Yeah. Actually, that's Belgian. the first. That's the first uh, clone of beer I ever had. Really? Because uh, I kind of well, like I shop at Hy-Vee a lot. They have a lot of local beers, and I'm mm-hmm. I just go there. Okay, I never had this one. <laughs> just start grabbing random stuff. I mean, granted, there's certain beers I like versus ones I don't. I'm not gonna grab a beer that I don't like. But yeah, you know, my first Kelowna was uh, the pineapple, the pineapple. And at first, usually I, I'm like, eh, fruity beer. Then when I started drinking, it, I was like, okay. That mm-hmm. was my first beer here today too, actually. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that makes me happy. I love that beer for a lot of reasons. It's a Belgian, and I'm very extremely proud of our Belgians. I think nice. our team and Debbie does a really good job with that. Um, it has real pineapple. It's steeped with pineapple. And it is called Aloha, Iowa. And we mm. have a resident of Kelowna named Pua, who's lived in Kelowna for years, but she's native Hawaiian. Awesome. And so she agreed to be on the can for us. So you'll see her beautiful face on the label with a pineapple. I cut the pineapple and I cut it Hawaiian style. And let me tell you, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It was it's very complicated. So if you really look closely in the basket that Pua is holding, there's this pineapple that I spent like, That's awesome. two hours oh, trying to find I'm going to have to so. really look at it <laughs> it's now. It's a special not... beer. Cool. So definitely, guys, uh, <laughs> listeners, definitely go to Hy-Vee. You guys are located. You guys, um, yeah. all the cans are in Hy-Vee in central Iowa, yeah. um, eastern Iowa, southeastern Iowa. We're on taps. Uh, they're on taps. Mm-hmm. And then also, like I say, if you guys come to Southeast Iowa here, Eastern Iowa, you guys got to make sure to stop by the, the brewery, stop by the restaurant. The restaurant's amazing. Um, especially if, you know, you guys go to the Iowa game, Hawkeye games, football games. Um, it's only 15, 20 minutes south. Make sure you guys swing by there and just tell them, you know what, BFF sent you guys. Come come have a beer here. Uh, meet the people here. It's, it's really... I love the Iowa nights. My wife is from Colorado, and, you know, the thing about, and my in-laws are from Colorado, they go, something about the Iowa nights, and you'll get it here. So, swing by here. Um, your uh, social media for Kelowna Brewing, where can they get in touch with you guys? Where can they follow you guys? What's all the good stuff about that? We're on Facebook, Kelowna Brewing Company. We're at Kelowna Brewery at Twitter, and the same at Kelowna Brewery at Instagram. And uh, you can look on our website. There's a contact page, so... You can always feel free to email me. I'm Christina or, you know, check us out on social media and interact with us there. Um, we love to do that. So and or come in, come in person and say hi. And uh, we love to chat. So thank you both so much for coming and being here in the space. It, it makes us really happy. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for sponsoring us. Yeah, thanks for sponsoring. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks for just having us yeah. here. You know, yeah, thanks is, for giving us the time. Yep. Yeah. And giving us the knowledge about beer, about one thing that we love, at least yeah, we love. We love. <laughs> oh. Other than that, guys, till next time. All right, see ya. Cheers.